If you're a California conservative, a libertarian, a moderate Democrat, believe in common sense, or just a sane person, this is the political podcast for you. It's the California Underground Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Coffee in California Politics. As always, oh, welcome. Always good to get new people uh, who are just tuning in for the first time, where we sit, we chat, we talk about California politics over coffee. Yeah, we can go over a little bit of AB2223 um, in a bit. There's a lot to go over today. I know that the top topic that I want to start off with is Elon Musk, what's going on with Twitter, and what's going on with Truth Social as well. It appears that Truth Social might be already failing before it really even got off the ground. Um, but yeah, today's coffee is um, nothing special. We were out of coffee, so we had to go to Trader Joe's and buy some uh, light roast coffee and uh, nothing wrong with that, right? I mean, sometimes you just got to buy some good coffee. And there's nothing wrong. I don't think there's too much wrong with Trader Joe's coffee. I think it's actually pretty decent. Um, a lot of people drink Trader Joe's coffee. They stick with it. Uh, a couple of announcements. Tomorrow night, I'll be having Kelly Cardin on, who is a libertarian who's running for the Kern County Supervisors Board of Supervisors in Kern County um, for District 2. Um, so it'll be great to get him on. He's also a member of the Mises Caucus. You've heard me talk about the Mises Caucus and everything that they're doing and the stuff that I appreciate how they're organizing and doing something to take over their party. Um, I definitely admire that because what they're doing is they said, hey, there's a problem with what's going on in our party and we want to make it better. So we're going to organize and we're going to take over our party. And so I, I, I definitely appreciate that and i love following the mises caucus and if you haven't checked them out i think there's a lot of people of of my followers who based on conversations through dms and stuff like that i think a lot of you might be kind of interested in the mises caucus uh i know a lot of people write off the libertarian party as a bunch of kooky people who wear boots on their heads or stuff like that but give them a you know just kind of look into the mises caucus if nothing else the the reading material that they provide you is is really good it's all free they give you all their like libertarian material for free um if you hear the snoring in the background uh, a special guest host or special guest co-host is winnie again uh our frenchie so if you hear that kind of snoring in the background that's what's going on as she's doing her normal nap all right so with that out of the way um oh yeah th- this morning uh if you want to support the platform i always appreciate supporting the platform like i've said before 100 percent of it really goes back into growing this platform and i've been looking into some studio space to make it look a little bit more um to make the episodes a little bit more professional to kind of expand um so yeah everything goes back into reinvesting into this platform so i always appreciate anybody who whether you buy a shirt or a mug or anything like that i definitely appreciate it and badges and all that stuff um as well also have a Patreon, which I don't push enough. I don't push the Patreon enough. And uh, I was thinking about what we could do for some special Patreon members. I was thinking maybe like an uncore, like a California, uh, California Underground, like on the rocks special episode and um, just green screen. I don't like green screen. I don't like green screen. I like I like my map in the background. I like it to look more official than just green screen because I don't know. I see everyone's on green screen nowadays. Everyone's got the same green screen. I like to, you know, I like the little background with the records and the 
the California map in the background. Um, yeah, I was thinking about maybe like a California underground, like on the rocks, uncensored, really just kind of sitting and chatting. So, but those are some ideas. Anyway, let's get started with the top topic for today, which is Elon Musk, as we all know, bought 9.2% of Twitter which makes him the single largest shareholder of Twitter. That's more than Jack Dorsey, who has about 2.5% of shares. Uh, Yeah, no fake books in my background. These are all real records. They're not like just boxes. Those are all real records um, that I've collected over the years. And uh, so now he's the single largest shareholder of Twitter. And obviously that's causing a lot of people to either freak out. It's causing a lot of people to be excited about where Twitter could possibly go. Now he's also on the board. That's a big deal. Um, I know that there's pleasantries between him and the CEO right now that they're looking forward to working together. But in all reality, we know Elon Musk doesn't like this CEO and he's he's posted memes about him. He's not a big fan of him. He's a big fan of, I guess, free speech and the public square. And he's tweeted in the past that Twitter is the de facto kind of public square right now. A lot of these social media, big oligarch kind of monopolies are the public square, like it or not. That's sort of where people go to chat and electronically talk to each other. And he doesn't like where the free speech has gone with Twitter. And he's worried that this new CEO is probably going to make Twitter even worse. Um, and I think the, the, the thing is that they are they're sort of interlinked. Um, the fact that Elon Musk bought a big share, uh, a big stake in Twitter and what's going on with true social. The day that Elon Musk bought 9.2% of Twitter, all of a sudden true social, which I think is publicly traded, went down 14%. That shows you that there's maybe changing the narrative. Um, and I've said this before, and I'll say this again, I think this is a good example that I don't think a lot of people who don't agree with the mainstream narrative or whatever leftist thing they're pushing should necessarily run from main in these big platforms. I don't think they should run from these big platforms. And I know that it seems like every couple months, there's like a new platform that pops up. Um, at first it was Gab, which I guess is still going strong. I think the, the CEO of Gab is still doing, they're still doing well. Um, then there was parlor, which parlor, kind of came and went. Uh, I don't know anybody who's really on parlor anymore. Getter. I'm starting to see more people do getter and I'm starting to see more of like the tweets from getter being posted to, to their pages and stuff like that. Um, so I guess getter is still kind of a thing. I haven't logged into getter in a while, so I don't, I don't really know what's going on. Getter truth social. I didn't even sign up for truth social to be completely honest. Why? Because I figured it's just going to be one more sort of echo chamber. And that's not what I'm really looking for. Like I could go to plenty of places. I don't have to sign up and create an account to, to do this. Um, yeah, I gave into the peer pressure. Um, I think I, I started a getter account for California underground. I'd barely post on it. I think I posted like an episode not too long ago, but it is a lot of the echo chamber and That's what worries me is that kind of moving away from these places is not necessarily the best thing. Now, I do believe that there is value in creating like a parallel economy because a parallel economy is basically, hey, here's what you're offering, but we're going to offer something different and we're going to see if the marketplace supports it. If the marketplace does support it, great. 
You know, if somebody says, hey, I'm going to start a company that focuses on these values and, and promoting these, these different ideals, and people go to it and say, hey, I'm going to go support that company. Like the big thing with, uh, it was Harry's Razor, and now there's like Jerome's Razor or something. Is that what it's called? Jerome's Razors, which I think was started by Ben Shapiro. I'm not really sure. I keep hearing all this stuff about uh, uh, Jerome's Razors or whatever. Um, but that's sort of a good example of, if a company decides to go a certain way and they, you don't agree with their values and another company pops up and says, Hey, we're going to provide razors at a better cost and we're going to beat them and our values are better. And if millions of people go over there, that's fine. That's a free market choice. That's a product and people can vote with their dollars. But when it comes to these like public squares, Jeremy's razors, that's what it's called. Thank you. Someone said Jeremy's razors. I knew it was like Jerome's or something like that. Um, but if there are if there's these companies that you can buy in, you vote with your feet, that's fine. But I think public square stuff like this needs to be uh, needs to be. You got to kind of got to stay in the game a little bit. You gotta you gotta be here. You gotta play the game. And the reason being is because the more this co- this country sort of gets divided and sort of fractures into two, two different lines. Um, does, does shaving just get controversial? I think it did. I don't know. They were Gillette had this weird kind of pandering video. A lot of people stopped buying Gillette and they went over to Harry's and then Harry's did the same thing. Now they're going over to Jerry's. As you can see, I don't shave. I haven't shaved in a while. Um, just trimming up. Um, but I think when it comes to social media and stuff like this, the, the proliferation of all these different platforms is not really helpful. Because if you were to ask me, are you going to go check Parler and Getter and Truth Social and all this stuff? I'd probably say no. I have enough work to do just being on Instagram. I mean, I, I barely I do a little bit, of, mostly Instagram and mostly Twitter. Uh, and I stay in those two spaces. A lot of stuff is pushed to Facebook automatically. I don't log into Facebook ever because I think Facebook has kind of just become like an old, like an old boomer thing at this point. Like I does anybody really go check Facebook a lot more? I don't think so. A lot of people are on Instagram. Um, but that's enough. And I think you're going to get more people to believe in your values. They may disagree with you and whatever, but you do get to see different points of view by following different people. Um, I mean, I do follow accounts on Instagram that not necessarily agree with my point of view. I follow the LA mag. I follow Los Angeles times. I follow San Francisco Chronicle. I follow the SF gate, which I think the SF gate is actually pretty good. I, I actually think that the SF gate is does a pretty good journalism considering it's a California paper, but you have to follow those things and you have to kind of see what's going on also in the world. Um, and without it, we're all just kind of yelling at each other in these echo chambers. And it's not really helpful. And I guess for me personally, with this platform, my platform was never I wanted to start a platform that Winnie knows she's she wanted to add her her two cents. Um, Yes, somebody follows Occupy Democrats. Sometimes you follow people like I follow people on Twitter, I don't agree with I follow Alex Lee, I follow Senator Scott Wiener. I follow Nathan Fletcher. Why? Because I want to see what they're talking about. And it's important to see what they're talking about. They're not on Getter or something like that. So I won't even know what they're talking about. Um, and 
my my goal with this platform was always to sort of bring people from different places in. It was never to just sort of start this raw raw red meat account where it's oh I can just push out the same com- content that would do really well red meat wise and you can get tons and tons of followers because you can just throw that out. I always wanted to get people to think and I wanted to get people from all different backgrounds and beliefs to kind of join this platform so that people can kind of talk to each other and say, hey, it turns out I thought you were, just because you were a Democrat, I thought you were like all about killing babies and socialism, but then it turns out, oh, you're you're just a little bit more left-leaning, but you still want lower taxes and safe neighborhoods. So that's really the reason I did it. And I think that's important that a lot of people stay in these spaces for that reason, that we have to kind of be able to talk to each other. And hopefully, uh, Elon Musk does have a positive effect on Twitter. Maybe he will start to reinstate people that he thought shouldn't be there or, or should have not been banned in the first place. I don't know if they'll common ground yet underground yeah the california it could be called the california common ground instead of the california underground um but i don't think he'll maybe maybe i'm wrong maybe he will but maybe he'll have a hand in reinstating someone like president trump i don't think so i think the whole probably the whole twitter company would collapse from the inside out which is not a, a horrible thing either um but we'll see where it goes from here. But I think for him to do that 9.2% buy in Twitter is a big deal. I think that's a big deal that people aren't really considering um, why he did this. And in terms of a tale of two platforms, Truth Social is not doing very well. Um, I hate to say it. I know a lot of people have been sitting and waiting online for a long time. It's been reported over and over again that uh, Trump is not very happy with the way Truth Social kind of was rolled out and how it's been going. Uh, This article, speaking of the SF gate, um, talking about it. uh, Let's see. After the app had a soft launch in February that was plagued by various glitches and a very long wait list, Nunes said the goal was for the app to be fully rolled out to American users by March 31st. March 31st came and went. The waitlist is still very long, and in recent days, not one, but two, but three separate unflattering reports have emerged on the job Nunes left Congress for. I didn't think Nunes was that prepared to run a social media company. I guess they figured because of the name and stuff like that. I, I'm not sure he was ready to do it. I don't know what else Devin Nunes did before uh, before he, he, he did social media, but... If, or before he was in Congress, I don't know what he did. If he was a big businessman, maybe, but I don't, I'm not really sure what he did before that. Uh, reviewing data from analytics firm have found that Truth Social is now just seeing only 8,000 downloads a day, which is down from a peak of 170,000 or more. Furthermore, the app is only 355, most popular app among Apple device users. According to the Daily Beast, several lesser known alternative social media sites are handedly beating Truth Social in downloads. Uh... Reuters subsequently reported Monday that two key executives with, with an actual background in tech, Josh Adams and Billy Boozer, have resigned. One source familiar with Truth Social told Reuters that Adams was the brains of the app technology, and if Josh has left, all bets are off. A third report from BBC highlights how Truth Social's launch has been perceived by onlookers. An unnamed Republican ally of Trump's told the publication, nobody seems to know what's going on. Uh, it's been a disaster. 
Both the BBC and the Daily Beast reports that Trump himself is furious about the app's woes. The Daily Beast reports that Trump's frustration may have turned to resignation as, quote, sources close to Trump say he was recently complaining about the low energy activity on the app and appears disengaged from trying to turn the platform around, much less post on it. Trump posted one truth, the app's equivalent of a treat, tweet during the launch, but has yet to, yet to post any subsequent truths. So I think that, that that it's a tale of two platforms right now, and we'll see where Twitter goes, and we'll see what happens in terms of Elon Musk's involvement. Does he really have a big say? I don't know. I mean, does he get a couple people together who are part of the board and they can say, hey, let's kind of make Twitter again what it used to be, which was sort of a freeform platform, sort of like what they thought Reddit was going to be, which was sort of this freeform platform before they started banning things that they don't like. We'll see. We don't know. We're all only just speculating right now, but I think you can speculate harder on the fact that because he bought so much, almost 10% of the shares, um, that he believes that there's hope for Twitter to change Twitter as opposed to jumping into Truth Social. And I don't think he really wants to jump into Truth Social or anything like that anyway, because I think that would have politicized it too much if he jumped in with Truth Social. It would have looked like he was just kind of backing Trump and, you know, we don't, the, the politics of that. Um, but Truth Social, not going to lie, I think I saw this coming that it was just, it's the market is way too saturated at this point. It's way too saturated for these alternative platforms. Once, when you already got three that have already kind of staked their claim, um, by the time you're the fourth, it's not really, if he was the first, if he was the first to come out. And I know this has been sort of in the works for a long time, ever since he left office that he wants to start his own social media platform. It's been in the works for a while. And the fact that they kind of just launched it right now, almost two years after he left office, um, he could have jumped on it a little bit faster and probably grabbed the market share a little bit faster. But it does look like uh, it's not doing well. And I don't know if Trump has any desire to really revive it at this point. He may just kind of let it go and just, sweep it under a rug and just pretend like it never happened. Um, and I wouldn't blame him for it. You know, yeah, you know, not everybody has the Midas touch and can make everything super grand. Um, and in terms of Devin Nunes, I know that the polls, there was a special election last night for the primary. It looks like the Republican Conway was sort of running away with it, which is good news for that district that, uh, there was a strong Republican turnout. Uh, but the big thing, the second big thing I wanted to talk about, let me pull this up. Um, was talking about what's going on in Sacramento. And obviously, all of our hearts go out to the victims and the families. It's, it's horrible what has happened. Um, but in classic Democratic fashion, people like Gavin Newsom jumped on this idea that they needed to enact more gun control laws. That obviously, uh, gun control... There's not enough gun control, which is why this occurred. But that's not really the issue of why it occurred. Reports have come out that the gun that he used was turned into an automatic weapon, which has been illegal for many, many decades now. You can't have a fully automatic weapon. It's been illegal since the 1930s, I believe. Um, 
anybody wants to kind of correct me on the date of that, but it's been illegal to have a fully automatic weapon for a long time. And obviously a lot of the Democrats are going to jump on this and say, this is all about gun control. And obviously we don't have enough gun control in California and we have the strictest laws in the country when it comes to gun control and to just kind of say, well, obviously it's not, it's not strict enough. Well, he already used a gun that was illegal. So that just goes to show that your gun laws don't stop people from using illegal guns. Uh, It just, it doesn't stop people from doing this. And in reality, the more people are starting to dig into this and more find out of it, it looks like noodles is going to have a little bit of egg on his face because a lot of, a couple of these suspects were let out because of the laxed crime bills and the lax stuff like prop 47. And that's probably what really had an effect on it was not the gun control laws or the, or there's not enough gun control laws. Because criminals and people who want to kill will figure it out. They'll figure out how to change their weapon. They'll figure out they can look it up on a YouTube video or get it on the dark web or something like that. If they really want to turn it into an automatic weapon, they'll figure it out. There's not going to be any law in the book where they go, you know, I want to commit a mass shooting, but boy, it would be a lot easier if I had an automatic weapon. Oh, well, you know. Automatic weapons are illegal, so I guess I can't use an automatic weapon to go commit a mass shooting. Well, look what happened. And it's because criminals aren't going to abide by laws anyway. If they're already looking to commit crimes, one more crime of altering a weapon or getting a legal firearm isn't really going to stop them. Um, but this this news did just drop this morning um smiley alan martin the second man arrested after sunday's mass shooting in sacramento that killed six has a criminal record stretching to 2013 and last year was the subject of a plea by sacramento county district attorney and marie schubert's office that he not win early release from prison where he was serving a 10-year sentence for domestic violence and assault with great bodily injury Despite two-page letter to the Board of Parole hearings urging that Martin remain in custody, he won his release and was in Sacramento on Saturday night recording himself on a Facebook Live, brandishing a handgun hours before the shooting. On Tuesday, Sacramento police arrested 27 Martin 27 at a hospital after he was injured in the shooting. He faces charges of possession of a machine gun and possession of a firearm by a prohibited person. A law enforcement source confirmed the machine gun is a handgun that was found at the scene Sunday that has been converted to be capable of firing as an automatic weapon. His brother, Dondre Martin, 26, uh, was arrested Monday as the first person taken into custody in connection with the shooting and is due in court on Tuesday afternoon. Um, but documents obtained by the Sacramento Bee show the DA's office last year vehemently opposed Smiley Martin's release from the 10-year prison sentence he received in Sacramento Superior Court on January 12, 2018. Inmate Martin's criminal conduct is violent and lengthy. Deputy District Attorney Daniel Abigard, Abig, Abidilgard, looks Norwegian last name, wrote in a two-page letter to the Board of Parole hearings on April 29, 2021, opposing his release. Uh, in January of 2013, just six months after his 18th birthday, inmate Martin was contacted by law enforcement officers. Inmate Martin was attempted to discard an, an assault rifle, which he had concealed in his waistband under his clothing. The res- rifle had a pistol grip and the capacity to accept a detachable magazine in front of the pistol grip. 
Inmate Martin was also found to be in possession of two fully loaded 25 round magazines for the assault weapon. Inmate Martin admitted to transporting the assault weapon in large capacity magazines to potential buyer. Inmate Martin was sentenced to probation in county jail. So article goes on and on and it talks about it, but this is sort of the real issue here is that I, he was picked up years ago for having an illegal firearm that was not legal under California standards. So even then, way back then, that it looks like they were going to say, oh, he, this is because of gun control laws. The gun control laws didn't stop him back then either because he had a pistol grip on his assault rifle, which they always call it an assault rifle. And it's like, you can't define an assault rifle. Um, but having a pistol grip is illegal and large capacity magazines, which are illegal in California. So gun control laws didn't stop him from doing what he wanted to do. The issue is, is that he wanted to commit crimes. He's had a rap sheet that is pretty long at this point. And people have, and he was let out early when he wasn't supposed to be let out early. And they opposed him being let out early. And now he went out and committed the same crime that he was eventually picked up for in the past. So, this is one of those issues where Democrats had no problem jumping on it before the bodies were even cold to say this is about gun control laws. And it's always about pushing this political narrative. Now, Michael Schellenberger had a long tweet. If you want to go check it out, he goes into depth of sort of about the, basically the same thing, saying that gun control laws would not have stopped what happened here. And he's right. He's right that gun control laws didn't stop what happened here because you pass all these laws. At the end of the day, criminals are going to criminal. They're going to do what they want to do regardless. It's like just because something is illegal, criminals are not all of a sudden just going to go, well, it's illegal. So I guess I guess I, I can't do it anymore. So um, I think the more and more stuff that comes out, it's going to look like there's going to be egg on a lot of people like noodles and senator wiener who are all about let's get out the gun control and let's talk about gun control and you know let's push more gun control laws because at the end of the day gun it doesn't matter if you've passed a complete ban on guns in california it wouldn't have stopped this from happening bottom line full stop even if you had passed a complete ban on all weapons in california all firearms which would have never been upheld in court but if you passed a ban that said nobody can own a firearm in the state of California, it still would not have stopped what happened in Sacramento because somebody would have gotten their hands on a firearm. They would have also been able to, because of the legal firearm, they would have modified it to make it as deadly as possible. And they would have committed this crime. So nothing you could have done gun control wise would have stopped this. Um, but it'll be interesting to see the more stuff that uh comes out maybe if we made murder maybe we should make murder illegal is murder illegal in california i'm not even sure uh there's also issues of they don't have felony murder here in california anymore i was reading an article about that uh let me see this i, I think let me pull this up real quick um beep 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 beep, beep. uh oh let's see the, oh, and President Biden jumped on this as well. He wants to talk about banning all these weapons and more gun control laws. Right. And so this is from the California Globe, and they're listing off California already bans ghost guns. California has already required background checks for all guns since the 1990s. 
California has all has banned assault weapons since the 1990s. California bans high capacity magazines. Governor Gavin Newsom is pushing to allow private citizens to sue gun makers. California has a red flag law. Gun registration requirements, a 10 day waiting period on gun purchases, a good cause requirement for good concealed carry issuance, a ban on campus carry for self-defense, a ban on teachers carrying on K to 12 campuses for classroom defense and a limit on the number of gun laws. Guns, law biases can buy each month. California also requires would-be purchasers to pass a background check before requiring acquiring ammunition. SB 1437 by Senator Nancy Skinner of, you guessed it, the Bay Area, Berkeley. If you watched last week's podcast episode, you'll see that a lot of the crazy bills that are happening um, all come from the Bay Area. So no shocker there. And when you have a Democratic supermajority, There's nothing you can really do to stop it. They'll put out the bills and the Democrats will just fall in line. Uh, Said it by Nancy Skinner, did away with the felony murder rule in California in 2018, which Sheriff McGinnis said would have applied in this case. Prior to SB 1437, McGinnis said if multiple people were engaged in a violent felony, they were all prosecuted for first degree murder. According to bill analysis, SB 1437 was written to revise the felony murder rule to prohibit a participant in the commission or attempted commission of a felony inherently dangerous to human life to be imputed to have acted with implied malice unless he or she personally committed the homicidal act. Uh, Both of these men were already prohibited from owning guns. McGinnis said he listened to the audio from the crime scene and heard automatic gunfire. Uh, So felony murder is basically if you're in the middle of committing a felony, the the best way to put it is if you're in the middle of committing a felony, and you kill someone by accident, by accident, um, you're com- you are charged with felony murder, meaning they're attach- attaching these really harsh penalties for felony murder. It appears seven- SB 1437 did away with that. I'm not sure why California would do away with that. Again, I don't really I, I try to wrap my head around why I, I really do try to wrap my head around why they would get rid of these laws. And I can't really figure out why they would get rid of these laws. These are common sense laws that protect neighborhoods, that protect cities, um, that charge people who commit these dangerous felonies with also taking a life uh, and protect the cities. I'm not sure why they would get rid of these laws. I'm sure there's some frou-frou, woke sort of explanation of why they got rid of the felony murder charge here in california but for the life of me even if they explained it to me i don't think i would be able to figure out why they got rid of felony murder um but this would have been a clear case of felony murder if you're in the middle of committing a felony and you accidentally kill somebody not on purpose not like you walk up to someone and shoot him in the face but you're firing a gun into a crowd felony murder uh because you're doing something that's inherently dangerous uh, I'm not sure whether to get rid of that, but this is just really, it's more of a reflection. This case, this particular case is more of a reflection on how soft our state politicians have gotten on crime. And I think a lot of people are waking up to that. I think a lot of people are looking at this going, we need to get a lot tougher on crime here in California. We need to get a lot tougher on homelessness here in California. Uh, people don't want crazy crime-ridden neighborhoods. And a lot of these laws are now starting to bubble up and really cause a lot of havoc because as you can see, 
This was a man who was let out of a 10-year sentence way earlier than he should have been. Now we're starting to see the after effects. Um, So with that said, that's the rant for today. I want to open it up to comments and questions and discussion while I take a sip of coffee. Um, If you're an audio listener, uh, this podcast always comes out on audio. So if you miss it or you jumped in late and you're like, hey, I want to figure out what he was talking about in the beginning. You can always go listen to the audio podcast. This live is always uploaded onto my profile, so you can always go back and watch it. Um, But if you want to listen to audio so you don't waste the battery in your phone, you can also do that and go to Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can always listen there. So, And for the people who are listening on audio, it's on Instagram, so that's taking the chats and the comments from there because that's the point of coffee in California politics is – to sit and chat and have coffee and discuss California politics. Somebody brought up AB 223. I did see an article about that. So let's pop open what's going on with AB. Well, do, 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 do. Um, infanticide or pregnancy loss abortion bill passes assembly judiciary committee. Uh, AB 223 is a backup for AG Bonta's legal claim that California law does not criminalize pregnancy laws. Assembly Bill 2223 by Assemblywoman Buffy Wicks. If you don't know who Buffy Wicks is, uh, when will I have Schellenberger on the podcast? I'd love to have Schellenberger on the podcast. I'd like to see if I could possibly get in. Um, if I can get him on, that'd be awesome. But I'd have to see if I can find the right people to get in touch with him. Um, so... Assemblywoman Buffy Wicks, if you're not familiar with who Buffy Wicks is, she was the author of the 1997 bill, which was the forced vaccination, the mandatory vaccination of all private employees under private employers, which was just polled recently. Uh, So this is another one of her bills. No shocker. Again, a lot of these crazy bills, if you just look at the author and look at where they're from, 99% of the time. They're from the Bay Area. So it's almost like this Bay Area, this tiny little area right here is running the rest of this state. So uh, misleadingly labeled reproductive health actually legalizes infanticide and abortion bill to expand the killing of babies past the moment of birth up to weeks after. According to opponents of the bill, Wicks says, quote, women should not be prosecuted for a pregnancy loss, end quote. Opponents point to the vague language and new phraseology of abortion terms. Quote, although definitions of perinatal death vary, all of them include the demise of newborn seven days or more after birth. End quote. The California Family Council said. Assemblywoman Wicks insisted in a hearing in the Assembly Judiciary Committee Tuesday that AB 2223 does not support infanticide and has only been labeled as such because of the spread of misinformation by those who oppose the bill. Misinformation. It's always misinformation. Those pesky misinformators. Uh, Wicks said while other states are adopting increasingly aggressive measures to limit abortions, California continues to protect reproductive rights. I don't understand the argument of reproductive rights when the goal is not to reproduce. That seems kind of like an oxymoron. Uh, It's not reproductive rights if you are stopping the actual reproduction right does that is anybody else you know comment in the the chat does that make sense to anybody i don't know how you protect reproductive rights when you're not reproducing at all when you're trying to end the reproduction um 
Wick said the bill only applies to pregnant women. Women. Oh. Buffy Wicks, I didn't know you were a biologist before you were an assemblywoman. Who should, quote, not be persecuted for losing or miscarrying a baby, end quote. Were people being prosecuted for miscarriages or losing a baby? I, I don't think I've never heard of someone going to jail for having a miscarriage. I don't. Does that make sense to anybody? I, if anyone's heard of someone who's gone to jail, I for a miscarriage, I mean, you let me know in the DMs. It's a personal issue, but I, I don't know anybody who has gone to jail for a miscarriage or for, quote, a tragic situation during pregnancy, end quote. She spoke of two women who were, quote, prosecuted for their stillborns, end quote. Okay. Do you have, like, is there an example or are you just saying that? Um, Parents should not be criminalized for a tragic loss, Wick said. From the bill analysis, according to author Wick's AB223, 2223, it's a lot of twos, protects reproductive freedom by clarifying that the Reproductive Privacy Act prohibits pregnancy criminalization. Pregnancy criminalization. I, Who's being criminalized for being pregnant? Like, I... The language in this, yeah, Zach is is dead on. This is some 1984 controlling the language sort of craziness going on in the state legislature and creates a private right of action for people whose rights have been violated to seek accountability using civil courts. It would also remove outdated provisions requiring coroners to investigate certain pregnancy losses and ensure that information collected about pregnancy loss is not used to target people through criminal or civil legal systems. Uh, what kind of tragic loss is Wicks talking about in the criminal prosecution of pregnancy outcomes? These are the terms used in AB 2223 and by supporters to explain. Pregnancy loss, reproductive health, reproductive justice, reproductive justice, reproductive rights. Oh, pregnant person. There it is. It's a pregnant person. It's not a pregnant woman. Remember. You can't be, you could be a pregnant person, but you can't be, <laughs> that one, that one, every time I hear that word, it just makes me, it actually causes a little bit of a headache to happen. And my head, I go through a little bit of a conniption where I'm like, pregnant person, no, it doesn't compute. Pregnancy outcomes, self-managing an abortion. What the heck is self-managing an abortion? What is a, is that like a do, like, do it at home kit abortion. Uh, what is a self man? Who self manages an abortion? Uh, two attorneys from reproduct- reproductive justice law firms representing the two women who were prosecuted spoke in support of AB two two three. Explained the criminal prosecution. One was charged with first degree murder for the stillbirth of her infant because the mother was addicted to and using meth while pregnant. But the attorney claimed meth addiction cannot cause stillbirth. What? The second attorney took the creative language either furry stating, this is really hard to read. I'm sorry. And I, I, but this is, this might, this should have been the top topic. I should have started off with AB 223. I'm sorry. This is, this is just crazy. The second attorney took the creative language even further stating that women should not be criminally prosecuted for a stillbirth or pregnancy loss or for quote, self-managing an abortion. The attorney clearly conflated a miscarriage and stillbirth in non-addicted pregnant women with pregnant women, pregnant addicted drug users. Uh, um, 
In January, Attorney General Rob Bonta issued a legal alert to all California District Attorney, Police Chief, and Sheriffs stating that the Section 187 of the California Penal Code was intended to hold accountable those who inflict harm or on pregnant individuals resulting in miscarriage or stillbirth, not to punish people who suffer the loss of their pregnancy. I mean, I, I don't think that was what anybody... I don't think that's what anybody really was arguing, but the alarm alerts aims to prevent improper and unjust applications of law similar to the prosecutions of Adore Perez and Chelsea Becker. Two women in Kings County were charged with fetal murder for allegedly causing a stillbirth through their fetuses. The charges against Miss Becker were dismissed. However, Miss Perez remains in prison serving an 11 year sentence. Who was Miss Perez? Is Miss Perez the one who was, she was doing meth? Is that the one? There was another, I, I lost where it was going. Um, anyway, man, it keeps going on um, and on and on and on. Uh, California Family Council explains in its opposition, they tend not to codify, not only codify the killing of unborn children throughout all nine months of pregnancy, but to decriminalize killing newborns days or even weeks after birth. New language added to AB 2223 last week revealed the disturbing intent. The proposed legislation would shield a mother from civil and criminal charges for any actions or omissions relating to her pregnancy, including miscarriage, stillbirth, or abortion, or perinatal death. Although definitions of perinatal death vary, all of them include the demise of newborns seven days or more after birth. It allows a woman to sue any police department or legal authority which arrests or charges her for hurting or killing her child under provisions of the bill. That's even crazier uh, to me because I, I think it's not only the issue of abortion. It's the issue that you can intentionally harm the baby up until there's a stillbirth or there's a miscarriage. Uh, that to me is pretty barbaric. Um, so if you are addicted to drugs, I mean, they, they don't let you drink alcohol when you're pregnant, but they're trying to legalize the ability to do hard, illegal drugs while pregnant. And they're trying to say that you, for that you don't, you're not hurting that you shouldn't be held accountable. I, this is, this is crazy. Um, and Winnie is, is so upset about it. She's snoring away about it. Um, she also knows that according to AB 223, 2223, law enforcement will be barred from investigating an infant death. Barred from investigating an infant death. Uh, another right to life attorney said the language in the bill was vague with references to interferences with late term abortion. What does that mean? She asked no definition of perinatal stops at birth. She said, with California as an abortion sanctuary state, there will be no right to life at 39 weeks yet. Neither can care for themselves for many years. The bill is co-sponsored by ACLU, California Action, Black Women for Wellness, California Latinas for Reproductive Justice. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The California Latinas for Reproductive Justice uh is that a real group that's actually supporting this? Because I, I don't, I think if you went around and asked many Latinas what their view on this is, many of them probably would not hold this view. And I know if there's, if there's any Latinas in the chat right now, go ahead and let me know if you agree or disagree. But that seems weird that 
that's a group that exists and that's a group that supports this. I'm not, I'm still wrapping my head what reproductive justice is to me. If you're, if you're talking about reproductive justice, it should be equal, right? Reproductive justice means equality. And right now there is really no equality under these laws here in California. You, you can get, and, and Gavin Newsom has said pretty much open-endedly, and he's tweeted about it that he wants to make abortions pretty much cost free here in California. But if you want to try and get pregnant or if you want to try and start a family, there is no benefit. There is nobody saying we're going to give you we're going to try and make it as easy as possible. We're going to try the state's going to step in and say we're going to help pay for all of these reproductive uh, tests or anything like that. And that's not reproductive justice. You can't give all of the freebies away just for abortions and for this and say that's reproductive justice. Not when people who are trying to actually reproduce, actually engage in reproduction, have to pay thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in tests and stuff and doctor's visits and all this to try and have children. And you are going to sit here and say, that's reproductive justice. That's not reproductive justice. I'm sorry. That's not reproductive justice. You're not being fair. You're only picking one side and you're saying this is reproductive justice. If you wanted it to be fair, you should say, fine, we're going to pay for all abortion. We're going to make it legal up until nine months. But we're also going to promote families and people who want to have kids. And we're going to make it easier for people who want to have kids and get them the health care that they need to be able to have children. Um, so I'm sorry, that's not reproductive justice. That is not even close to justice. That's we don't want reproduction. They should just stop calling it reproductive justice and they should just call it we're anti reproduction because that's what you are. You're not for reproduction. You're against reproduction. That's the bottom line. Um, let's see. Any of the, and just finishing out. I'm sorry, I gotta go. This is a, this is a topic that is really it's crazy. Um, and, and you know they always say like that's the thing about a lot of statists in the left is they're always saying oh well you know it's just about this we just want you know we just want a little bit more of this. It's always they push the line a little bit, and then at a certain point, ten years later, you look back and go where how the hell did we get here? Well, because they kept pushing the line a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. California is an outlier, thankfully. The rest of the country is cracking down on abortions. They're stopping at 15 weeks. They're, there's a lot of, you know, I was watching Louder with Crowder this morning. His whole thing was about uh, how many more states are stopping long uh, these really crazy abortion laws, and they're, they're really cracking down on it. Um, so California has definitely become an outlier and there's, I feel like there's less and less States that are going this route. California is trying to be as far woke as possible. Um, and I would love to see if we're, if we're talking about noodles and his aspirations to run for president, which we all know he wants to run for president. Well, Maryland, Colorado, yes, but there are a lot of States like Oklahoma, Florida, Texas. There are a lot of Midwestern red States that are, are passing a lot of these laws to stop, um, crazy abortion laws and stopping at 15 weeks. And, but anyway, if we're going back to noodles wanting to run for president someday, whether it's in 2024 or 2028, him signing this bill is 
would not be a wise political move for him because could you imagine trying to campaign in states where you allowed this to happen? I try to imagine you go to Florida or you go to an Arizona or you go to Texas and you try and say, oh, I signed into law the most protective law for abortion rights, basically up until nine months or even days or weeks after the baby is born. Um, do you think that plays well in those swing states? I don't think so. So this would be an interesting one. If he's really looking forward to becoming the next president soon, whether it's in two years or six years, I don't think much will change in six years enough to say that the rest of the country is going to be fine with abortions up until birth and months or weeks afterwards. Um, I don't think it's going to be a popular position then either. So, and another thing I saw a lot of crowd this morning is that uh, Gen Zers are actually in, in the majority against abortion. They're against a, a lengthy abortion period. So there's actually more evidence that, the younger voters coming up are actually not pro-abortion. They're trying to make it seem like, oh, all the young people are pro-abortion. Actually, it's, I think it's like a little over 50% of Gen Zers and those young voters coming up are not pro-abortion. So again, if he's looking to become president and he signs this bill into law, this is one of those bills that will follow him around for the rest of his political career, especially if he has national aspirations, which I believe he does. Um, all right. Enough on AB223, B2223, 22223. Hit my lamp over here. I'm all frazzled. My Italian's coming out in me. I've got my hands going. Don't know what to do with my hands. Um, got about 10 minutes left. Um, if anybody wants to comment or have any questions, how is afterbirth abortion not cruel and unusual punishment? I don't know. How is anything. After birth, after the, the, the baby has exited its mother's womb, how is anything, how is that not murder, right? How is that not murdered? Period, full stop, the end. It's a human being, it's alive, it's out there in the world, and you're going to say, mm, mm, I'm good. Like, that's that's murder. You can't just... Give away, you can't just say, I'm nah, I changed my mind after nine months. So, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure what, again, this is stuff that, like, I, I try to approach as many things with an open mind as possible. I do. I try to approach things with an open mind as possible. We live in a, a diverse state with a lot of different opinions. I've come to appreciate that I'm constantly kind of kind of confronted with things that don't fit my values or my life or, or, but I kind of have to try and figure out like, how do I understand this so that I can talk to people and that we can have a level headed conversation. This is one of those things. I I'm not, I, I just, I can't figure it out. I can't figure out what the rationale is. Um, so, so I said, it's all satanic. If you ask me, I, I don't, I just don't get it. I don't, I really don't. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to Schellenberger fanboy too much or make it seem like I'm some Schellenberger fanboy. But there is a point he brought up in his Joe Rogan podcast, which I, I do 
suggest you go listen to it because he has some great points. Um, and maybe, maybe one day I'll get him on the podcast for 15 minutes. That'd be freaking amazing if I could get Schellenberger on the podcast. I mean, he was on Joe Rogan. I don't know if he's going to come on this podcast. Uh, but again, this is completely dedicated to California politics. So that may be a little bit better. Uh, he did bring up this point that you, the problem with California is that we've sort of lost sight of what it means to be a civilized society. And that's really what has become the main issue with California is that we've lost, um, we've lost sight of that. We've really lost sight of like what it means to be a society that there are certain base standards that people on the left, right, and middle all sort of agree with when it comes to living in a civilized society and his point was in California, we've just kind of forgotten about it. And we're, we're just letting like the, the, the nut, you know, the nut houses run the nut. What do they say? The loonies run the nut house. Like that's what it's become from issues to homelessness and crime and all this. We've just sort of lost sight of what it means to be a civilized society. And I think that's the biggest issue. I agree with him. That's one of the biggest issues with California. And I think that's also one of the biggest sticking points with a lot of voters is this idea of like, we have to get back to some sort of base civilized society. We have to get back. Like we almost have to push the reset button and go, okay, we, we went a little too far in this direction. It may be time to go back to like, maybe we should be a little tougher on criminals who run around with illegal guns. Eh, just a thought, just throwing that out there. Maybe we should be a little tougher on that. Um, maybe we shouldn't be fine with, you know, and, and encouraging in some of our cities, we shouldn't be fine with encouraging illegal drug use on our streets, mere steps away from a park where children play. You know, call me crazy. I, I, I just don't think the majority of society has really gotten to the point where we're fine with illegal drug use. You know, illegal drug use is illegal. It's illegal for a reason. There's no reason we should be encouraging it or allowing it. Um, but it seems that there's a different set of laws if you're homeless, um, where you can get away with this stuff, you get paid for it. So I think that's taking that. Uh, I mean, I would suggest you listen to his whole podcast, but that point about where we've just lost sight of where society has to be, then it's really tough. And, you know, throughout, throughout history, as soon as those basic tenets start to fall away, that's when, nations start to fall apart is when people don't agree on like, this is the basic, this is the baseline. We're not asking much. We want to, we want safe neighborhoods. We, we, we don't want to see homeless shooting up a couple feet from a, a school or something like that. I mean, we had uh, somebody camped out in a parking lot of a school. I mean, that how is that acceptable? I mean, he was gone after, School came back, but that's where we've become. So definitely check it out. All right, let's get some of these comments. California also lets Major still run for office. Well, hopefully California is looking into it and figuring out what he's doing. So yes, a civilized society starts small back towards being civilized. We can do this by people actually wearing day clothes and not PJs out of their homes. Yeah, I mean, that's... I think, and that's also why I think you're starting to see a strong return to like traditional values. I think 
the pendulum has gone so far. I'm doing it. It's my left. You're right. It's gone so far one way that I think you're starting to see people push back and it's going back the other way. And I think people are aspiring for those traditional values and they're starting to figure out that like those traditional values are good and people like those traditional values. And, um, people are, you know, I'm, I may be anecdotal, but I go to mass every Sunday and I see a lot of young people, people younger than me who are going to mass. And you think it doesn't look like they're having a problem getting young people, their butts in the seats because there's people who I think are looking for that sort of traditionalism in a world that's especially in California, a world that's kind of just gone upside down, kooky, crazy, uh, that people are kind of going, we're, we're progressive, but like, let's push the, let's pump the brakes on being like just a crazy lawless society, right? Like, like, let's go back to being a little bit lawless or being, having some laws. Um, a woman willing to carry a child for nine months, then kill it after the baby is born, needs some mental help. They are unstable. Yeah. I mean, they, if anything, they should take the baby away and put it in foster care or something, try and find a parent for it. Maybe if we all ask him, maybe, yeah, if you maybe just spam his comments and say like, hey, go on California Underground, go chat with him. I would love to hear a debate with someone who is for this murder and someone against it. They they don't like debating, though. The left hates debating. You ever notice that the left hates debating? They hate having other people point out what's going on because they, they just don't like that. Uh, someone was asking what the Assembly Health Committee is. That's where the bill is headed to now. So last week, if you want a good primer on these bills, these bills and where they go and how they go, last week was phenomenal. John was was great. Uh, I definitely want to have him on again, maybe do another legislative update in a month or so. Um, I think it'd be a lot of fun to have a more round table and even see if we can get Kevin Kylie to come on. That'd be great. Uh, he loves coming on the podcast. He was on a lot last year. He's running for Congress, so I don't know how much time he has. Uh, but last week, if you want to know more about the process of how a bill gets through the California legislature and how it, how it goes, uh, definitely listen to that, that, that whole podcast because it does, go through that. And basically the cliff notes version is, is that these bills have to go through a whole bunch of different law or different committees. And sometimes they have to make it through these committees within a certain time period. So there are some bills that are dying naturally because they don't have the time to get through committee. I don't know what the time limit is on this bill in particular. I'd have to look it up, but uh, there are some bills they have to make it to a vote at a certain day. Like, so by the end of this month, I think there's going to be a lot of bills that either made it or didn't make it by the end of the month. And cause they have a certain amount of time. And right now it has to touch every committee that it regards. So this is judiciary because it involves the penal code and laws, obviously, um, and punishment. So it had to go through the judiciary committee it now has to go to the health committee and the health committee has to debate it. Although they'll likely just vote along party lines. Most of these bills just go along party lines. Um, but it could get stalled in committee. And if it gets stalled in committee, then it's effectively dead and it's, it's not going to get a vote this year. They'd have to reintroduce it as a new bill next year at the legislative session. Uh, so that's what happens. Mm -mm 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 -mm. 
do, do, do. California politics equals greed, always pushing boundaries. What else can we get away with? Basically. No basic civility. Even the Supreme Court nominee couldn't say we all have natural rights. Uh, drug dealing RV on my block for three years. Yeah, I've seen it. Sadly, I've seen an uptick in um, a lot of RVs because San Diego got rid of the municipal code that you can't live out of your vehicle and park in certain places and live out of your vehicle. Uh, so unfortunately, that's that's where it's at. And, and people are living out of their vehicle. It's sad because people are trying to live out of their vehicle. But, um, you know, when I look out on my street and I see RV, RV, van, stuff like that, and know that this van hasn't moved in a couple weeks, this van I'm looking at right now that's been parked in the same spot for several weeks now is going to have to move tomorrow because street cleaning's coming through. So otherwise they're going to get a ticket. Would love to see a return of traditional values. Traditional values bring stability to a society young people crave. Yeah. I, I mean, I think there's there's a lot of it. Um, that's why they won't tow it because they're allowed to live out of it. Yeah, what well, might see you could still see a ticket, like you're still not supposed to park there. So um regardless of whether you're living out of it or not, they're still gonna they're still going to ticket you because you're not supposed to be parked there. Um, all right, finish up a couple more comments or questions tomorrow night. Again, it'll be an interview with Kelly Cardin, who is running for Kern County Board of Supervisors. Winnie's really excited. She's snoring away. That's her, uh, that's her happy snore. Um, so we can't even find parking at the beaches in San Diego with homeless vehicles there. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, when I go to, uh, Mission Beach, um, there's a lot of people parked at 5.30 in the morning, and they're not going to the beach, I can tell you that. So, But yeah, it's uh, Kelly Cardin tomorrow night, Libertarian, part of the Mises Caucus, um, 8 p.m., as always, Thursdays. And uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a crazy podcast. There was a lot to talk about on this one. Um, probably should have started with AB223, 2223. Too many vendors. Yeah, there's a lot of vendors. There's a lot of issues with the vendors. I know a lot of people are pissed off, especially in Belmont Park. I know that they're pissed off because a lot of people are just setting up shop. And uh, basically, they don't pay rent. They just kind of show up and they're like, hey, we're just going to show up and sell our wares. And people who pay expensive rent to Belmont Park end up getting screwed because nobody goes and buys from them. So, all right. With that said, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you again for all your support. Um, I'll see you tomorrow night at 8 p.m. on the podcast uh, with Kelly Cardin. And as always, every Wednesday at 9 a.m., Coffee in California Politics. If you like this show, uh, I, I asked last week on the podcast a little bit of homework from followers is that if you like this podcast or this show or whatever, this format, uh, and you know someone who you think would like it as well, uh, shoot them a text. Just say, hey, you know, I think you'd really enjoy this program. I think you'd really like it. Check it out. Uh, that helps spread the word and grow the platform and uh, keep it going because we got to keep the momentum going. Um, so with that said, thank you to everyone for tuning on, uh, tuning in, tuning on, jumping on, tuning in, tuning on. 
and I'll see you on the next one. Later. Thank you for listening to another episode of California Underground. If you like what you heard, remember to subscribe, like, and review it. And follow California Underground on social media for updates as to when new episodes are available. 